Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was a-bouncing and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we just hang on. Hi there, I'm Glenn Savile, and but you're listening to the Always Race Day Podcast. So What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 129 of the Always Race Day Podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald. Uh, but first, uh, before we get started, I want to tell you guys about the great partners we have at the Carlotto Group. Damon just a month ago was planning on coming up here to Knoxville, uh, coming up to cover a race. He came up, got it done last weekend. He needed a new car though. <laughs> Carlotto Group did not take care of him. I, I think Damon got his car before the podcast even started. Yeah, I, I'm, I've had this for a while. I did want to bring up how's the, uh, we're, we're turning this into a podcast topic. Um, while we thank our partners at the Carlotto group, how's your search going for what, what are you looking to get out of a, a recreational vehicle? Um, I'm just looking that I can get some sort of a camper that I can pull with my, my Canyon. So mainly a pop-up, uh, single axle camper, but we're, we're in the process of getting rid of the bus and getting a camper. I love it. That's going to be awesome. You want to get, I hope so. You want to wrap it with always race day logos? Uh, it's a possibility. We might have to look into, I would pay to get it done. All right. It's a possibility we can do that. Oh yeah. Well, you guys look for that on the interstate soon and thank our partners at the Carlotto group. Get on Twitter. Thank them. Uh, give them a shout out on there or, uh, also on Facebook, um, at Carl Chevrolet. So, Appreciate them. Uh, good show here. Late show um, for the week as far as what we normally do. I've been at Iowa State prospect camps the last few nights, uh, so we haven't been able to sit down and formally uh, do something. Um, so we did uh, interview Cap Henry. I was off the interstate in a quick trip on the way to one of those camps. Um, is just the time that worked best for Cap uh, to come on. Uh, I haven't cut the audio yet, and it's not like – do, do not go into it expecting great audio. Um, his internet was really sputtering. Um, we're going to get him on again after speed weekends for uh, the all-star circuit of champions. Um, kind of wanted to talk to him about uh, what happened on Monday at Wayne County. And we'll dive into that in a sec, but uh, we, we kind of, you know, as that's happening, I'm telling Damon, like, just keep it and we'll salvage what we can salvage. I don't know how much of it it will be, but just don't expect it to be a very high quality interview. He had to jump on and jump off um, like eight or nine times trying to get his internet to work. So it's not on him. Don't, uh, you know, just don't, don't expect anything uh, mind boggling out of it. He, he gives us some good stuff. Um, and some good perspective on uh, some things through Speed Week. So good luck to him the rest of the week, too. As you guys know, I'm a huge Cap Henry guy, especially when the All-Stars are in Ohio. So um, beyond that, we got uh, some news bits from the week that we'll dive into. Uh, and I guess the NHRA is uh, pissing a ton of people off. Um, but we're, we're going to figure out what all of it means in a, in a bit here. But uh, Monday, uh, Ohio Speed Week went to Wayne County Speedway. Uh, drew it, just some social media dramatics uh, throughout the day um, from more parties than one. Um, so Brian Walker from Wikipedia, uh, and I'm not I'm not dogging on anyone involved here. And same with our interview with Cat. We're not dogging on any of these people. We're just talking through it. Um, but yeah, unlike the people that are just talking about him without mentioning his name and stuff, which I'm not a big fan of doing that. Um, saying things about 
you know, here's this situation, stuff like that. Um, so obviously Brian uh, works for the High Limit Sprint Car Tour, uh, but he also runs Wikipedia. He was at the track uh, doing his thing, giving coverage of what was going on. And, you know, the, the track looked very muddy. Uh, it wasn't looking great. Uh, mid-afternoon, I want to say. I don't know the exact time when all this started. It's We're recording Thursday morning, so Thursday afternoon, rather. Um, but so he uh, he's talking about that. Uh, they end up having a, a meeting between all the drivers uh, in the series, um, and they kind of say, like, hey, we're going to do this. He kind of tweets out a few guys' quotes, tweets out, Danny Dietrich uh, saying, you know what, we're going to junk up stuff. Why would we race on this stuff along those lines? Um, and they kind of reconvened uh, not one time, but two more times uh, through the night. And as the night went on, uh, they changed the event to show up points only. Um, so everyone that didn't run well in their qualifying session, they dropped out. Everyone that ran bad in their heats, they dropped out and just loaded it up. So, uh, Dan, I wanted to ask you, Damon, like, did you think anything differently of Walker's coverage of what happened? Because from my angle, like the next day, everyone was making it this like smear campaign to make the All-Star Series look bad. And I, I didn't think the All-Star Series looked bad. And I, th I thought, if anything, the guy that runs Wayne County looked ultra determined to get a race. And he told everyone that was his goal and he achieved it. Um, and the All-Stars got their race in. You know, it, it stinks that it was show-up points. Um, I, I also think that that might have been the only answer to, you know, having at least 50% of the drivers leave the track feeling fine instead of angry. But I, mean, I, didn't, think, I didn't think Walker, like, angled that in a way to make it look bad towards the All-Stars. I really didn't. No, I, I didn't think he did. I think it was more just explaining both sides one way or another. And obviously, um, being on the side that we do, we're going to hear more from the, the drivers than we are from the track prep crew or, uh, the track officials or, or series officials. So, um, you're going to get a little bit more information out of the drivers than you are anybody else. And so I'm guessing that's what people would be saying with it. But, um, in, in my opinion, I think that was all, um, was, was all in good. And I, I didn't see anything different from it. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of, uh, just like questioning from people talking about it. I don't think, I really think this like high limit versus the world thing is a little overblown. Yeah. They're competitors. Yeah. They, you know, they want high limit to succeed. Yeah. They are using some things that have worked for other tours in the past or haven't worked and they're trying to make them better. I don't think it's like this. I think it's way different than like the USFL thing. I think it's way more com comparable to when the XFL started in 2000, they kind of revolutionized how they film the product and i think that's good and i don't high limit's not necessarily doing all that and there certainly been a monumental amount of moves made over the off season and schedule changes and stuff to not really accommodate high limit but because of high limits existence you know rules have changed um with different things like that um and we've talked about all that but I, I really don't think that just because Walker works for High Limit, he's going to go cover eight all-star shows in a row uh, to bash them every chance he gets. I don't think that's his motivation there. Well, I think it's been it's been well documented as to why there's not even a high limit race going on in the next couple of weeks. Like it's well documented as to the the high limit. You know, Brad and Kyle both have come out and said that they don't want to uh, compete with the outlaws or the the all-stars instead yeah. they want to run midweek stuff to help it that's why they schedule the races where they schedule them it's yeah, somewhere that's why you get this long summer break i know it's not a late model tour but like the flow series takes off that long summer because the hell tour and these guys are taking off because there's a lot more midweek racing nationally for sprint cars than there is any other time of the year in june and july right 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's there's a lot of lot more going on, um, and you have multiple weeks. You know, with the sprint week here, you just had the, uh, you know, you have the midget weeks and stuff coming up. So that takes away some other drivers on top of it. So they're trying to make it work with everybody involved. I don't, I don't foresee it, and and just knowing. Um, you know, knowing the coverage that Brian provides on a regular basis, I don't think he's going to go anywhere to, uh, to bash one, one way or another. I think the series kind of hurt themselves in their own image, in my personal opinion on, on Monday. How so? Well, you, you take away points on a race when nobody left. I mean, I think cap said what two or three mm-hmm. guys left at the beginning and you're taking away series points for, for that, uh, just to run show up points. I think that kind of hurts a series image in its own right. So we're going to, we're going to let two or three or four or five different people dictate what we do as drivers. Now you just open yourself up for a whole new can when something else happens, you know, you get somebody that'll step in. Well, you did it this time so we need to do it this time you know you just hurt yourself uh moving forward i think yeah absolutely and then i don't want to spend a ton of time on this either uh because i thought it was a little overblown i kind of the sprint car world in general, I feel like, was due for a lot of drama. I said said that to Ross Weeks on Saturday at Knoxville, and uh, certainly I cleaned up for that through the last six days. Right? Sorry, guys. Yeah, my bad. My yeah. bad for opening my mouth again. Uh, yeah, you you kind of jinxed that one into existence. Yeah, at least it's not me causing the shit. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so Ashley Hess, uh, she's the wife of World of Outlaws series director, Mike Hess. Um, I'm not sure what her official title is, bad journalism on my part. Um, I just hadn't looked it up, but anyway, she tweeted, uh, in a reply to Nick Hoffman, um, on Tuesday, uh, that, uh, Sheldon could have used one of his World of Outlaws freebies. Uh, since he loves the shithole so much, uh, referring to Wayne County Speedway, um, noted big name crew member, I, I should say, formerly a uh, crew member for Sheldon, uh, Drew Brenner replied and said, shithole, the track just has character, goat track. Um, she replied to him and said, 100% on the list of never to return to tracks if I have to work. That list is very short. Um, and Wayne County replied to her from their account with three laughing face emojis. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I don't have a problem with uh, Wayne County with that reply. Like, I, I really don't. No, Someone said I, that. I, 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 think their, I think their tweet is more defendable. And I, I still don't have that big of a problem with any of the other ones too. I'll be honest with you. I, I think just as a fan watching from, from the outside, that track puts on a lot of great shows. Like, yeah, they're, they can't control what happened with mother nature. Come, Monday. Dude, I really thought they came out looking better from Monday. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you are commendable for a track, uh, a track prep standpoint because you you got a track ready to race and oh by the way only what an hour later than what you anticipated to start moving cars around so maybe uh, too i yeah i don't know dude ohio was. feels like a different time zone to me when i'm setting up the schedule and i it is because I, I have to like a pro no it like i have to like approximately kind of figure out when i think hot laps usually start at a racetrack and every year i kind of memorize more uh, but like Ohio will start at like five, five thirty central. And anytime you go to Volusia, it's like six fifteen. And I'm like, what are we? Yeah. I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah, and then Knoxville six forty five. That's all central right. time zone times, by the way. Right. So, you know, you, you have a great racetrack. I don't know why people would, would go out and bash it. I've seen, you know, we saw how many great races get put on there in the last couple of years and, uh, generally builds up a, a really good cushion around, around the top, which is fun to watch them, uh, bounce off of a couple of different times. But, uh, that's just somebody that, you know, has had one bad experience and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And that's what I've, I've had, uh, I was talking with one of my buddies at the track on uh, Rod Pruitt on Saturday. Uh, he's up from California and he's asked me like, where's your, this just, this came up randomly. I think I might've jinxed everything that happened in sprint cars this week. Uh, but he was asking me like, where's like the worst track I've been to. 
and I'm, I'm like going through my list and then the only thing that really hurts a tracks experience to me is if it's like insanely difficult getting credentials and obviously that sounds like a totally selfish problem and it definitely is um but it, there's some tracks that just don't understand like yeah i'm i'm not here to promote your event you have a promoter that's their job but mm -hmm. i'm going to give it coverage and i'm going to tell people what's happened you know and there, there's some people out there that think that it's on the journalist to provide promotion and positive coverage because they're getting in for free and we are and you're usually gonna see a lot of that regardless um not like i'm just throwing out hootie tooties i'm on something different today damon with uh, i can tell coming to my mind your, your wordplay is not very good it's not, it's not but yeah it, it's not the journalist's job to be the positive figure. Right. That's the tracks job. That is the series job. They, they can come out and spend things in a positive way. That's what PR is. We're not PR people. We're telling the story. So I don't know. I think, I think we covered that. Well, um, yeah, it, the only other thing like Ashley tweeting that in the position she's in, not a great look, but yeah it's they're gonna handle it internally um yeah I, if you're if you're hanging that on the outlaw's head as like a reason that people shouldn't watch them i think you're far overstepping um yeah that's about yeah i mean that's that's somebody that doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of power to begin with and so don't uh I mean, you can't give her any more power than she already has, but it, it it's just a weird, it's a weird deal because we, like we had just talked, you know, the high limits, not trying to take over all these other series, but yet you have another person affiliated with another series going after a racetrack that your series runs at quite frankly. Yeah. That, you know, that's, that's a fair way of looking at it. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's move along here down our list. Uh, but Chase Randall is headed to the TKS Motorsports car uh, for the rest of the 410 season. I believe they're just going to run that car uh, wherever they can. Um, that complements uh, or complementary, I should say, to Chase's uh, already scheduled races. Um, can tell you they weren't. Uh, there was never a question if they were going to run. Uh, 410 points full-time they were going to run 360 that was the decision they made at the start of the year um and that's what chase told me chase told me they did. he's like we didn't even get a call so i don't know i don't know when you do that but we weren't planning on it so maybe that's why we didn't get a call is what he said uh not that knoxville missed a boat or something like that but chase was never going to run 410 points um but he will be in the uh, 2ks barnstormers car uh and alba LLC car for the uh, remainder of the season. So that's cool to see. Last time he was in it, he was a top five in Knoxville. So we'll see what he does uh, over there on Saturday. Um, as for the car, he was driving the, driving the Beaver 12X car. Uh, Blake Feast is back this week. Um, so that's, that's all well and good. Um, and we'll see those moves at Knoxville. We'll sure we'll talk to both those guys at some point during the night. Um, USAC non-wing sprint cars are over at their Eastern Storm event. Second race of the week got rained out, but uh, they race tonight on Thursday. Uh, obviously, we are still like hours away from when hot laps start. We won't have anything on about that on here, but I uh, did want to give a uh, shout out to Jake Swanson. They're on a tight schedule with that and, and the crew members they have for that car, but that team is freaking red hot right now to upset brady bacon at knoxville a track where you know when they ran there the last time there's six cars that could have won that race this year i think there might have been 12 or 13 mm -hmm. if i was handicapping uh everyone else being a ultra major long shot so they do that go over to grandview this week 
um, I believe they might have quick timed, uh, but run like hell in the heat race and turn it into a first place starting spot in the A main. Uh, and Jake led all 40 laps at Grandview, a track where Brady is also really freaking good. Five out of the last six uh, Grandview races for USAC have gone to Brady Bacon that series. So uh, he also had, I, he said he had his third tire error. Brady did, Damon. Yeah, uh, I saw that. So he's had three delaminations this year, and I can't recall seeing any other ones. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen how many in the last few years in general. I mean, there's been just a lot. So uh, yeah, and obviously... that's specific specific to this season with right. new tires. Well, I, I still I don't give a shit if it's a new tire or not. It's still no, I know. I'm just I'm just so. clarifying that for people that think I was blind and didn't pay attention last season or something like that that uh yeah it's it's weird that you would think that you put together something new they try to fix it a little bit but um obviously that is not the case and it is coming apart three times on brady bacon i don't know obviously you know a lot of these guys buy their tires you know a couple of them in in bulk buy a batch so that's that's what happens uh as you get them put together like that and unfortunately Brady got stuck with a bad set. Hopefully they come up with something to rectify that. Cause it seems like a problem that transcends the type of tire it is. And it might be, I think that was, it was connected to how long they have to cure. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like if you send someone tires from a bad badge, you got to replace them with tires yeah. from a different one. It, amount you would off. think, you would think if that was the case that we'd see, we'd see more from other people if it's based on caring. Right. It, unless Brady got the one bad batch they made out of two, two billion. That's what I'm saying. That something, something doesn't add up, but then again, the bad, you know, we, we saw how many, how many did a uh, uh, couple of guys last year have in right. some similar, similar thing. Right. Um, but yeah, big shout out to uh, Jake Swanson and the uh, Team AZ Racing guys. They are on a roll. Um, look for them Thursday. Look for them Friday. Uh, it should be a good weekend of racing with USAC as well. Um, and then last night, the Hell Tour started. That's what I wanted to get to. Uh, mm -hmm. Brian Shirley leads all 40 laps of that feature. Uh, he looked good. He looked solid. Ryan, Ryan Unziger came from the back um, to, I think he got sixth, uh, but he came from almost dead last and ran through that field. So that was cool to see out of him. He's a super nice guy. Um, I thought the Hell Tour entry list this week got kind of uh, handcuffed a little bit with two. Uh, you had the Dream Saturday, had 100,000 to win at Kokomo on Monday. I thought the Hell Tour kind of. I think Bobby Pierce is running there later this week um, in preparation for the Outlaws starting their schedule up again soon uh, mm -hmm. next weekend. But I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I mean, going to be interesting with the Hell Tour this year and who shows up when. I mean, you got quite a few big names uh, that were part, that are a part of the Outlaw Tour. There, I mean, you're defending outlaw champion and Dennis Erd was in, in the show and um, Shannon Babb, another guy in the show as well. So there's still, I, I don't know if it's handcuffed per se, cause where, where'd that run? It ran like Illinois somewhere, didn't it? Peoria. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if, if people, people wanted to make it work, they could have made it work. It's, it was a, uh, it's probably just a team team decision based on where they're headed for their next event or um you know funding as well yeah absolutely um and then that hundred thousand uh the upgrade they called it for race xr uh hudson o'neill uh ended up taking the win in that brandon shepherd finished second bobby pierce finished third um shepherd had a fun quote in victory lane said uh or in uh post race interviews i guess technically standing mm -hmm. next to victory lane but uh he said he wishes that they would just take the world 100 and put it at uh, that track at Kokomo. 
I mean, we we've talked about sprint cars going back to Kokomo for how long, right? So it, it, everybody loves that track. It's a fun track, and you know you want to put some some big shows on. I get it. You want to to move an event there, Brandon Shepard, but um, may, just tell them to start their own. You just need to start their own big one because that's a uh, that's that's a cool track. It's a lot of fun to watch them uh, watch them run on too. They're gonna they're gonna start their own, and it's gonna end up being nationals weekend or something. <laughs> right. I I do want to say I do want to say that Brian Shirley at the uh, you talk about you know summer national aces. That's a guy that is. I mean, he's dominant when it comes summer nationals time. Like this yeah. is this is his time of year. They run obviously being a Midwest guy. They run the majority Midwestern races, and and he is. This is the time that Brian Brian Shirley can can get going and uh, look for him to to put together some good races here. Yeah, um, it's it's always interesting because uh, he it feels like he's been faster earlier in the season this year and. Mm-hmm leading all 40 laps to start um, is certainly a, a good measuring stick there. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. And you go to another Illinois track, another track that he kind of got his start on anyway, going uh, um, there, there today. And really this, this kind of, this week really plays out into his, his favor in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's see here. Uh, last thing for me, uh, and then we'll get to a little bit of drag racing talk. We'll talk about what's going on this weekend too. Uh, Connor Daly uh, ended up losing his IndyCar ride. I believe we've already said that on here, uh, but he's driving uh, Rallycross this weekend. Aren't you excited for that? I'm, I'm amped, dude. The their uh, their minor league series even has Leah Block in it, and she just won a rally. She won one of the. I think one of the American Rally Association races. There you go. Those are tough as hell to follow. It's, oh. I mean, ultimately, I think their times are like eight minutes or something, but they're not going at the same time. <laughs> they're not on TV. No. Uh, no it's, it's all time-based, how fast you get around the, the course. So the weird thing with the Rallycross thing is they changed their branding again. So it was Nitro Rallycross. Now it's just Nitro Cross. Um, and instead of being on Peacock, it's now on Rumble. Uh, but that service is free. I haven't tried to set up my account yet. I was going to wait till Saturday to do that. <laughs> my, my biggest tip to them is just having someone tweet about what's going on while the races are going on the entire day. Uh, That'd be an ideal. Yeah. There are uh, countless amount of times last season where I missed the A main because I either forgot it was going on or didn't see a tweet and was thinking I would. I hope they get it. I, I emailed their PR director asking if we could get Travis Pastrana or any driver. <laughs> or any driver. Well, Pastrana would have been a great freaking guest, right? <laughs> like, seriously, any driver. So maybe Connor will come on after this weekend. I'll, I'll reach out to him and, and see if we can get a firsthand uh, there you go. look at that. So uh, I know he doesn't want to say a ton. It was like depressing listening to his... Uh, explanation about the what happened with him because he he didn't want to say anything and he's like trying to say a little bit but not anything at all right really professional and it just stinks because you're like okay well i'm not getting any closer to this i just feel bad for connor daly again right i hadn't even i haven't even heard his uh his podcast this week yet to hear how all that went down i would have wrote a blog about it how do you had it been anything with the story, but bit Nile is still partially on his car for the rally rally cross weekend. So maybe they played a small part of having that together. Maybe that's a contract thing. I don't know. Well, it's, it's a Connor daily sponsorship is what it is. They've yeah. been with him uh, for a while. Cause when he drove with well, that year that he was splitting between, between uh, carpenters. Oh and yeah. Somebody else. I can't remember. He was, driving the bit Nile car. So that was, that's a Connor daily sponsorship more than it is a carpenter sponsorship. Right. Um, all right. So the NHRA is pissing people off. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say people just more along 
more along the lines of the pro stock motorcycle world. Are you saying that class um, is full of not real drivers? No, I. You trying I, to say, damn it? I know one personally that's on that runs in that series. He and I grew up together, uh, and this actually affects him as well. So yesterday it was announced that they are the tech department is making a parity adjustment to all Vance and Hine four valve cylinder heads and adding five pounds to them. And basically in a, in an effort to slow down and make the field closer. So they are, they're slowing the field down that runs the Vance and Hines heads. Well, unfortunately, as um, Tim Colungeon, who is the, the crew chief for white alligator racing and the team that uh, Chase Van Zant, who's from Pella rides for, they run Vance and Hines four valve cylinders. And he said yesterday that only one bike with these heads is performing above the rest of the field. And it is in, and it's doing it in the front half where the clutch gear ratio and chassis play a huge role. A bike with a monster four valve head won the Bristol race and top mile an hour was ran by a V twin. He says who at NHRA is making these decisions and why are they ignoring the statistical facts of the pro stock motorcycle class when they do so. So pretty strong quote from, uh, from Colungeon that he put on Facebook yesterday as part of the team. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. So they have like one bike that just has a bigger, cylinder blocks and the rest and they change something else in an effort to slow that one bike down well so what's happening is if you followed pro stock motorcycle this year up until sunday gage herrera had not lost a single round he he's a rookie in the class he took over vance and hines uh sponsored and team bike and had literally won the first three races had not lost a round and in fact made it to the finals on sunday and the only reason he lost on Sunday was because he went 011 red. Um, otherwise, he's probably four races, four wins, undefeated in his pro stock motorcycle career. The difference is for this, instead of putting some sort of uh, weight restriction or looking at the clutch, the gear ratio on the Vance and Hines team bikes, anybody who runs Vance and Hines cylinder heads is getting a five pound addition to, to their cylinder heads, which, uh, is what's really upset Colungeon and, and the white alligator guys, because they run, that's where they run most of their stuff out of is Vance and Hines, but they are, you know, they're a mid pack team. Chase had a great first weekend. He made the semifinals in his first race out as a pro stock motorcycle racer. Um, and he was in the second round this past week, but lost to that bike of Gage Herrera in the second round. So it's not affecting every team who runs Vance and Hine. It's just, it, it it's, it's hurting every team, but it doesn't need to affect every team is what, what really needs to happen. They need to look at, at Herrera's bike more than anything. Gotcha. So we should, we're busting this guy for cheating essentially. I mean, he, you could call it whatever you want. I will call it cheating. How... I hate Gage Herrera. I'm a, <laughs> our guy. What's our guy's What's no, what's our guy's name? Chase Van Zandt. Yeah, Chase fans. He, he he was gonna win that race all day long. Yeah, yes, big yes, ass yes. block showed up and, <laughs> and got in the sunlight. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, they run a lot of the same stuff. And like like Tim said, it, it's not within the cylinder heads. That's the difference. So why and, don't all these other teams just go and find big blocks? I assume that's money, right? And that's yeah. I mean, it's it's all based on like what what bike you have, where you get your parts from, who, yeah. your, part, who your parts people are, are. It's not necessarily the size. It's just how much, how much um, you know, what, what the weight differential is in them. Because you can take these cylinder heads and, and you can fluctuate the weight in them. But like like Colungeon said in his, in his quote, you have a V-twin go set top mile per hour at the event and you had a, you know, you had a different, different forehead, uh, four cylinder head go and win the race. So it's not like it's, it's not like there, there needs to necessarily be parity amongst the cylinder heads. It's parity needs to be brought back from the, the Herrera bike more than anything, but he's not going to say that because 
that's where his parts come from is Vance and Hines. And if he wants good top of the line stuff, he's not going to go out and call out Vance and Hines. Right. We're not doing that either. We're only calling out Gage Ferreira. Well, yeah, we can, we can sit here. You're calling him out. I am. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You're calling him out. I'm not calling him a cheater then if we're doing that. <laughs> You're actually trying to, to assume actual responsibility. <laughs> Somebody has to take it. Yeah. But uh, the, then the NHRA went and did some stuff with uh, Pro Mod today as well. And there's a lot of different things that it, it's trying to get the class closer together. I don't foresee it being as big of a change as some people are making it. There are a lot of differences, you know, they're adding 20 pounds here or there to the different supercharged entries. Uh, and they're running some different, uh, different gear ratios for the supercharged entries as well, trying to get them uh, closer to some of the, the nitrous uh, running motors as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a uh, points update for you guys, uh, friends of the show. Ron Caps leads the funny car standings. Uh, I forgot how many points he actually <laughs> just looked at it. Yeah, he's, he's, I don't, I don't think how many points you matter really matters in drag racing. It's tough-ish to kind of calculate that. Well, it doesn't, it yeah, doesn't say anything more about his season than it does, but he's leading points, and my best bud – Antron is fifth in the top fuel class. So good showing so far from our guys. Antron's on a little bit of a heater right now. He's putting together some good races. Uh, Caps is up 32 in the funny car points right now, which is, you know, that's about, that's about around, I think, round or two later in the week, of right? Matt Hagen. Um, what's that? That's like later in the rounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's about two rounds ahead of Hagen. So, you know, as long as he, he wins the round and Hagen, Hagen loses, he'll, he'll continue to gain on that points lead. But it, it's like you were mentioning, it's hard because drag racing points all reset after Indianapolis. So yeah, they don't do that on the video game. Yeah. I noticed that. It's I got a tough, tough little reminder of that, but I turned my, yeah. around. I, I won the funny car championship the other day. See, you're, you've got it figured out. What the big thing is if, if your burnout on the video game goes awry in any, you're in trouble, situation, you're screwed and you have to yeah. like, you can't feather it down. You got to pedal it, but you, yeah. you basically know you have to pedal it. And then there's like one out of 10 where you're just on the gas. That'll make me wreck yep. three more times yeah. the weekend after it's, it's crazy because I, uh, I was playing that the other day and I, I, I haven't been playing it as religiously. So. I know. I, I woke up one day. I was like, I need to get some runs in on the drive. I know. <laughs> so I, I moved up to the pro mod and like the first You're that far races, behind me. Well, like I said, I haven't, I haven't had a whole lot of time to do stuff, you know, been oh, on the road. Have good yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but anyway, you know, I've been, been go to run pro mod and I move up. I qualify number one for the first three races and can't make it out of the first round. Nice. Yeah. So it's been great. Been great. The pro mod class being faster than pro stock was crazy to me too. Oh no. It, it's, you need to watch pro mod in person, man. It is a blast. So why isn't that one, the big one compared to pro stock? Uh, mainly because pro mod is kind of, it's still in its infancy stages. Like it's pretty new class. I like how cool the cars look. That's they are. They're so cool. Um, you know, the first, I guess it's the weekend before the 4th of July, there's a big pro mod event going on down in, uh, over in St. Louis. I thought you were going to say, no, I thought there is supposed to be something in Eddieville soon, but I don't know when. We'll have to get on that. We'll get, we'll yeah. get on there at some point. Are we good for drag racing? You want to? I'm I'm good. I know uh, I, I wanted to mention too, you know, we obviously us being sponsored by Carl Auto Group. Yeah. So is Robbie Massey. Robbie Massey runs a top alcohol funny car, and he's running in Cordova with Funny Car Chaos this weekend. So uh, shout out to him. Another yeah. guy that I ran. Another guy I ran junior dragsters with when I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, tons of good racing going on uh, this weekend specifically mm -hmm. uh, that I'm excited for. It kind of sets up for a, a 
big, big, big week next week uh, with Houston's High Bank Nationals. We'll be down there all four nights. Uh, but NARC races all weekend long. I know uh, the Lucas Tour has their uh, Mountain Moonshine Classic, I believe is what it's called this weekend for them. Uh, and of course, the Hell Tour is running, USAC's running. Uh, and IndyCar goes to Road America on Sunday, uh, which I'm excited for. Defending winner, Joseph Newgarden. Do we think he gets back in the points this week? Do we think he gets back to victory lane, Damon? Oh, I mean, you come off of you come off a of win in the Indy 500. Um, I think that puts you in a, a really good headspace. So, um, I mean, Newgarden is going to be tough to beat for the rest of this year, in my opinion. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. Uh, the Carl Chevrolet Dirt Trucks also uh, ran at Marshalltown on June 9th. Uh, Brandon Tofty ended up getting the win there. Our guy Mason Mitchell uh, finished second, I believe. Yes, he did. Yeah, so fun uh, points race going on with them uh, as well. Uh, Brandon Cox leads the points right now. Brandon Tofty is second. Um, Jeff Johnson, third. Those guys are separated by two points in total, um, each by one after the other. And then uh, Mason Mitchell with 259 is the fourth guy that's right up there with them. So it's shaping up to be a very competitive series. I'm excited to see that. And they're coming to Knoxville. So. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be at, uh, be at Knoxville late in the year i think if i'm not mistaken i think, I think it's the it's, same night same night arca is at iowa speedway okay so as if there was if there wasn't slightly something else that was going right. uh, arca weekend always ends up being they always it's either world of outlaws they come i don't yeah i i don't it just wasn't, i i hate i hate not uh, I hate like having double book nights, yeah. especially when they're both in the state. But I think I think our guys are going to be at the Arca race in Iowa, and I'll go to Knoxville, and I think that's what we're doing that weekend. So should be fun to see. Hey, do you know, my I accidentally updated my laptop this morning. By the way, mm -hmm. uh, it keeps showing Dow up one on the bottom. Yep. So why? It, did I download it's, Austin Dillon link or what is? <laughs> no, no, that's the Dow Jones. That's the stock market that you're oh, looking at. Oh, yeah, I don't need to look at that. Then. I was wondering if it was something I needed to pay attention to, whether my no, computer is... was heating up or if I ended up getting Austin Dillon updates sent to my uh, navigation bar, which would be freaking entertaining as hell. Can you imagine just a race car coming across? It's like just qualified P3. Yeah, it would happen. That would be pretty cool. We should design uh, something like that. That'd be a cool service. That would be pretty cool. Can I just, have, can I just have all my favorite drivers getting updated? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. That'd every cool. lap, every lap on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> just give free updates the whole time. I like that. Oh, man. We'll leave it for smarter people to do before us, I'm sure. Yes, that's a good idea. All right, tons of stuff coming in the coming weeks, guys. Uh, I hope uh, maybe maybe that guy emails me and we'll get Travis Pastrana next week, but <laughs> we'll work on guests and, and stuff like that. Hope you guys are excited for a big weekend of racing. Um, this is the setup weekend. This is the appetizer because after this, everything ramps up to 1,000. So thanks again for listening to us. Big shout out to the guys at the Carl Auto Group. Uh, give them some support on Twitter. Get out and see the uh, Carl Chevrolet dirt trucks when you can and uh thanks again to all of you for listening hope you enjoy the race weekend and please 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 understand that the interview you're about to hear is very low in quality and we apologize for it but we wanted to give you what cap could give us we're going to get him back on in the coming weeks too so thanks again guys appreciate y'all all right, guys. Uh, so we just finished and I got off and then we got the breaking news we wanted to talk about during the show. Uh, the first batches of the Eldora Million entries have been announced. There's 21 cars currently on the list. Um, that is Donnie Schatz, Lance DeWeese, Brent Marks, Michael Millard, Blake Hahn, Brock Zierfoss, Zeb Wise, Lee Jacobs, Parker Price Miller, Garrett Williamson, Corey Crabtree, uh, Chris Andrews, Brian Brown, Brad Sweet, Casey Kane, Justin Whittle, Kyle Larson, Rico Abreu, Gio Selzy, Kel Thomas, all entered 
uh, into the Eldora million. If you're counting at home, you're probably asking, why do you only say 20? It's because I wanted to tell you guys that Darren Pittman will be in the Alex Bowman racing number 55 car uh, that night at Eldora. I would assume that uh, Jake Swanson, um, who's, we talked about him earlier in the show on a tear with the non-wing stuff. I would assume that is a date that conflicts with his schedule. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that. There's the fact of you have also have Darren Pittman to put in your car at Eldora. Yes. Oh, yeah. I no, mean, yeah. You're, you're not going to. that. Both, both no, things, no both things included, you were going to have – you're going to pick Darren Pittman there. Jake has yeah. not raced a ton of wing races, um, and he's still getting his feet wet. No offense to Jake by any means, but when you have Darren Pittman, that's a possibility to drive your car – at Eldora of all places, uh, I think Alex Bowman's going to be the businessman he is and, and put, put Pittman in the car. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think it's a shot at Jake or anything. Um, but yeah, that's cool. It's going to be sweet. It's cool. Darren out there. Anytime you get to see Darren in a sprint car these days, it's really fun. It's cool to get him out there. And, uh, that's, that's already going to be a good field just on the the guys that you listed there and we know that there's going to be a lot more involved in it and i have a good feeling that there's going to be some some good good cars coming all over obviously just some big names that'll be a part of that event yeah absolutely we'll see what the uh entry list gets up to i think that that's some of the like the car count thing i don't like but events like that yeah we can we can look at it a little i mean i i think in my opinion, I think car counts are a big thing too. You know, I, I'm on the on the side of the car counts uh, because the bigger the car count, the bigger the the event. In my opinion, I vehemently disagree. I mean, it's it shows though. People show up for Knoxville. How many how many cars do we get in that that e- each year? It's a big event. Yes, this is a big it, event. It pays well to start the Knoxville Nationals. That's you're right. That's it does. Draw. And You're right, it does. But yeah. guess what? There's a guy that shows up that knows damn well he ain't leaving the D main. Yeah. Like he goes into the Knoxville Nationals that's be- thing. That's, but that's because it's a, a because it's a big event. The car right. isn't what is making it the big event. What's no? You're right. It's not. Is who's there? You're right. But car counts coincide with big events, in my opinion. I'm just I'm just gonna move with a not necessarily right now. I'm just, you, you think about it. Think about all the big events. Well, and I can actually just clarify because I bet you, I bet you were probably more so on the same side here than we think. But like, I, if you're, if you told me there was 35 cars at this race going on on a Wednesday at Marshalltown um, with the outlaws or something like that, I would ask who's going to be there. Not mm-hmm. like, 35 compared to 45 does not change my opinion on whether I, I, it's going to be a big race or not. I would never like, oh, well, they didn't even get up to 50. Screw that then. Well, I think, I like think that. if you get to, if you get to that, you know, that 50 number, the field's going to be deep anyway. Cause there's oh, not, there's not 25, there's not 25 terrible drivers out there. And that'll just show up in one state. Oh, okay. Just show up. There, there are twenty. There are twenty. Just like Damon, we cover a lot of series. I think we got to cover more than twenty-five. There's there's twenty-five terrible drivers. I'll start. I'll start naming some terrible drivers. All right, Gage Herrera. Um, Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) The bad idea, if you ask me. But go right ahead. You you have the fun that you want. To. That guy couldn't drive a sprint car to save his life. So you're right. He drives, <laughs> he drives motorcycles for a living. You're right. All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, guys. Here's that interview. If you tweet me pissed off about the audio quality, I've warned you three times now. It's not good. We just wanted to throw it in just in case, and we're going to get cap on uh, probably before the end of the month here. So thanks again for listening. What's up, guys? We are now joined uh, for the first time ever uh, by 
Ohio Speed Week legend. I hope that's not an overstep, Cap. I'll, I'll let you know why that is uh, in a bit. But Ohio Speed Week legend Cap Henry uh, joining us on the podcast, as always, presented by the Carl Auto Group. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us, Cap. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. So we'll get to the tumultuous, um, I guess, day of drama and sprint car racing and all the kind of weird stuff that unfolded or didn't or kind of had everyone's lines crossed uh it seemed on social media the past 48 hours in a bit uh my first thing and i told you this in knoxville when i met you last year uh but every time i turn on an all-star race in ohio whether it's speed week or otherwise and you find cap henry in the field and if he's in sixth he started 17th and now he's running sixth if he's in fifth you're watching him pass the next guy in front of him in the next two laps like I feel like every time you race in Ohio, you're going past other people. Yeah, I mean, we just generally, you know, Ohio is obviously where I'm from, so I've got a lot of experience at the majority of the tracks, and we run pretty well. Um, you know, this year we've done a really good job of timing in better, um, not having to start so deep, but, um, you know, usually we have a pretty good race package and we can go forwards. So, uh, obviously, Monday at Wayne County, um, you know, we have people talking about people are just naming people without naming them all over social media uh, from the drivers, meaning to what was tweeted after the race. And we'll get to that kind of stuff. But I kind of wanted you to take us through um, like a day in the life of you. What happened on Monday from the time you got to the track uh, all the way up to the feature? I guess. Um, it was just kind of everybody was put in a tough situation there. Um, I feel maybe a decision should have been made a little bit sooner before everybody got to the racetrack. Um, but we got to a point where everybody was at the racetrack, um, fans are there and, you know, we just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And we got to a point where it was, we had to put on one way or the other, um, because at the end of the day, we are entertainers. Um, so we got to a point that it was, you know, we just needed to race just because people were there. Um, you know, and we all knew going into it, it wasn't going to be ideal, um, but it wasn't as awful as I think everybody thought it was. Um, you know, the track was you know, a little bit rough, but it wasn't it wasn't the worst I've ever been on. And, um, you know, I feel at the end of the day, the fans still got a pretty good show. What what was it that really kind of bothered you guys as drivers more than anything? Was it just the fact that you had to wait all day and not know whether you were racing or was it the track surface? Kind of take us through what you guys as drivers talked about. Um, I'm a little different than most. Um, I didn't mind waiting. Um, I didn't really care about any of that. The only thing that really kind of bothers me in general is that um, some people just complain until they get their way. Um, to me, it's we're paid to drive race cars. So I was there to drive a race car and try and make a paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's simple to me. So when, when the meetings were going, I guess like after the race, you said uh, that you wished it was a points race and you thought that a handful of people kind of dictated the conversation uh, to summarize your words. They aren't, I can't even think of the word to use when I'm not exactly quoting someone right now. I'm so off my game. I'm in a quick trip parking lot, but uh, you don't have to mention any names, but I guess, but what, what were those complaints in the driver's meeting and uh, you can include who they came from or, or not, but what was kind of being said? We're afraid that you know, they weren't going to be able to race. And I think at the end of the day, it showed, you know, the race was decent. Um, a lot of cars didn't finish, but, you know, the race was still good. There were a couple passes for the lead. You know, Ricky Peterson come from, I think, 13th or 14th. So, yeah. We just lost him. Okay, I think we got Cap. Cap, can you do your last answer again? Yeah, I can do that. Um, to me, the biggest thing was is guys that were complaining that – uh the track was going to tear a bunch of equipment up. There's going to be a bunch of flips. Um, guys weren't going to be able to race side by side. And I think at the end of the day, we showed that you know, there was a couple lead changes. Um, you know, Ricky Peters run third. So, like, it was still a show at the end of the day. Um, 
you know, guys just had to be well embraced at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like I know race car drivers. I feel like I can kind of point out who's calculated or uh, maybe on the other side of the spectrum uh, who, who's kind of running around just complaining to complain a lot. But, you know, how tough is it for you to not get uh, the all-star points out of that night or even the Ohio Speedway points um, for the same matter? Because obviously a second place finish is nothing to scoff at. Um, but I feel like you know, you kind of wanted to make a point there, uh, bringing that up at the post race. Yeah, it wasn't really important for the points race because you know, that place was a uh, a show of points when, like, we really needed that to be a full points race. Um, you know, we were 19th after night one and then second after night two. So we needed all the points, um, you know, and unfortunately a bunch of the guys that we were racing with didn't run well that night. It was just super frustrating. Um, you know, a whole bunch of people complained and then at the end of it, you know, all these guys complain that, well, we're not going to race. And then they're like, well, show up points only. You guys can stay and race if you want. Well, then only two people left. So it was like, why did we change it? What what was it? I mean, was there a consensus for them to, to go ahead and change it? Or was it just a handful of big voices that really kind of uh, took over and said, hey, we're going to do it this way? Um, it was a little bit of both. Um, so the thing that was really frustrating was, is they said they'll make a decision after time trials. Um well, then my feeling was a handful of guys didn't time trial. And then at that point, we're just like, well, now it's the odds aren't in my favor. Now I don't want to race. Gotcha. That makes sense from, you know, the kind of, I feel like every, like qualifying as one session, heat races as another, I feel like every session there was like a drop off of cars. Yeah. You know, we slowly kept losing guys and it was, you know, at that point they didn't have to race. So if things didn't go their way, why bother? And that was frustrating. Right. Cause you guys are all out there for a reason. I mean, it's not like, it's not like you go, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, we, we came there to put on a show and to race. Um, so the guys that wanted to race and go for it, um, you know, basically being penalized for wanting to race kind of was a little frustrating. I'm talking about your race in particular, you know, you go to, to second, what I guess kind of take us through, through your race, through your day in general, getting, getting the car prepared and, and uh, the adjustments you guys had to make throughout the night as the track changed. Yeah, you know, it was a um, big effort by Zach and Chad and Chris to make sure that, um, you know, we kept the car going the right direction. And, um, you know, we don't see those conditions a whole lot. Um, so everybody worked really hard there to make sure that the car was good for those conditions. Um, you know, guys just freeing the car up and freeing the car up and, you know, just continuing to move the suspension and move things around to just to get the car the best we could. And, um, you know, I felt like we did a pretty good job, but unfortunately just not quite as good as Sunshine did. You mentioned the having to free the car up. Is is that because of how how heavy that track was? It really looked from just the, the early pictures uh, right before the uh, hot laps and, and time trials, it just looked like it was a super heavy track. Did it stay that way for the majority of the night then? Yeah, it never really slicked off. Um, finally, right around the infield tires, um, it kind of got a smooth line going, but the rest of it was still super heavy and choppy. Cap, are you an infield tire guy? Do you have a strong um, opinion? On I usually, I don't mind infield tires. I feel that every racetrack has to have some kind of way to mark the bottom. Um, you know, if I think infield tires are okay, they're big and they're painted a certain color. So if you hit them, it was your fault anyways. All right, and to just to your point, the only time I ever hear about infield tires are when guys are wanting to complain about them. So it's fun to meet a guy that 
nah, they're they're fine. You know, don't don't run into them. Yeah, I mean, I'm guilty as anybody about running into an infield tire, but you know, the tire was there. I hit it. The tire didn't hit me. So that's how I feel about it. Absolutely. And then that that track specifically, um, not like don't give your setup away or anything. I don't even know if you can talking answering the question I'm asking, but like how difficult is it in your sport where you have such limited practice anyway on tracks and to get one that is kind of so unique that people are questioning whether it's like safe to race on, whether it's even raceable or you can even pass a car on it. How, how difficult is it to kind of cater a setup to something that is such an outlier, but at the same time is probably a little closer than some were making it out to be. Um, you really just start relying on, um, past experiences, um, things you've done in the past in, on uh, maybe other tracks in similar conditions. Um, you know, and a lot of times that's years experience. Um, you know, so our setup was different than normal, but not completely left field. Um, and you know, one of those deals after the races, we we probably should have done to gotten to, um, to get better. Um, but things that, you know, and you, the next time we have to face those kind of conditions. Were there, were there any certain races that you look back on from, from your experience or the team's experience that, uh, that you guys kind of bounce the ideas off of to, to set up the car? Yeah, Zach and I have kind of dealt with some of the experiences um, in the past at Fremont. Um, you know, so we kind of had some things that was like, Hey, we've done this before we've done this before and we've done this before. Um, you know, so we know that's going to help us. And that's a, that's a change that will put us in the right direction. Um, so we were able to use all of that to kind of help guide us in a better direction. You brought up that that wasn't the craziest track that you raced on in your career. and probably wasn't that close from the way you said it. I want to hear the story about the craziest one you've been on. Um, I've raced at Fremont Speedway one time when there was a, a one foot curb halfway up the racetrack. And we, uh, I was actually racing with Zach's dad as my crew chief at the time. And we raced and I actually ran the whole feature with all four tires above the curb all the way around the racetrack. Um, so that was probably one of the crazier ones I dealt with. Um, yeah, but it's just, you know, I've raced at Attica before when it got rough and was really hard to race. Um, you know, some of my trips Australia, the tracks were kind of rough and they were a lot wetter and choppier. Um, you know, so just some of those experiences helped out. Have you looked at going to Australia this winter? We might be going down in January. I haven't convinced Damon yet, but it's on the table. Um, there's some things in the works. Um, so we'll see what becomes of it. Right. I like it. Damon, that's our headline. We roll with Cap probably going to Australia. <laughs> I like that. Probably. Day after Knoxville Nationals, Cap Henry's out of here. <laughs> Cap, uh, tell me about the, the team, because you obviously switched teams over the offseason, but it sounds like you have a lot of history with uh, your crew chief. Yeah, so um, Zach uh, – Zach and I both switched over to um, Jeff Ward Motorsports in the off season. Um, Zach has been with me um, since 2019, so we've worked together for a few years now, um, and we've known each other longer than that. We um, grew up together, raced go karts together. Um, Zach's dad was actually a crew chief for me for a couple of years, and it's the crew chief on the sprints that I run indoors at the Rumble in Fort Wayne. Um, but yeah, Jeff Ward and, um, Gary Griff gave us an opportunity coming into 2023. And, um, you know, so far we are very happy. Um, it's been a good year. Um, the team combined has won five races already this year. So it's, it's been a lot of fun for everybody involved. Yeah. Would you say you guys are, are punching above your weight class kind of like right where you wanted to, uh, or I, I wouldn't assume it's below from the way you're running. And I know, I know I say that, I know you, I talk you up probably more than any media person that I know, maybe Jacob Ward, he likes you too. Cause I, I talk to him about the Ohio guys all the time, but uh, would you say you, you're having a pretty good season to date so far? 
I feel, I feel we're having a really good year. Um, we've had kind of two, uh, maybe two or three really bad nights. Um, but nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and I just feel like the team as a whole is working really well. Um, you know, we've run, we ran well at the outlaw show at Attica. Um, we've gone down to atomic now a few times and run well with the all-stars. Um, you know, we've minus the Attica speed week show. We've been really good during, you know, Fremont and atomic, or I'm sorry, Fremont and Wayne County. Um, you know, so we're looking forward to completing the rest of the week. Um, you know, atomic's a good track for us, but Eldora and Portsmouth are tracks that are, you know, maybe tracks that we're not quite as strong at. Um, but the group's looking forward to going to those places and seeing if we can do better than we have in the past. Absolutely. Should be a, uh, a fun wrap up of the week. I don't envy anyone that that's got to go to Eldora because of the internet situation there, but I did want to ask, is it better when there's not, I, I went to the million last year, the late model race, and we'll be down at the uh, sprint car million this year, but how's the internet at Eldora when there isn't that many people there? It's, it's definitely better. Um, you know, it's anytime you go to any place that's packed full of cell phones, the cell phones just don't work anymore. Um, you know, so it's pretty good when it's just like normal type shows. Um, but you know, anywhere faces that, um, you know, Knoxville nationals is the same way. Um, Chili right. is the same way you get so many cell phones and they, they just don't work. Absolutely. Um, Damon, you got anything else for cap? I don't, man. It's, uh, it's cool to hear the insight from from what went down on Monday, though. Yeah, absolutely appreciate that, Cap. Hey, actually, real quick, I have one more. Are you are, are you a part of your Cap after you win? Um, not really anymore. No, no, I'm kind of lame. Um, after our last feature race, um, I think I had a Bud Light and drank, or and I ate a bag of cheesy popcorn. So it's about as exciting <laughs> as I get anymore. All right, we, we wanted to get an excuse to have you on, so we'll just plan to do it after you go back-to-back -back, uh, in the All-Stars, whether that's this week or uh, down the road. But we know it's coming. All right, sounds good, guys. Yeah, we'll get we'll get better internet next time. Appreciate you. All right, thank you so much, guys. Cool, thank you, Cap. Yeah, bye.